This podcast may contain spoilers. Oh, what's that? It's called No Spoilers for Old Men. Ah, oh, f***. You should never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? It's a death wish. You might as well just come out here to investigate a strange noise or something. Welcome, 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 everybody! Yo, welcome to another episode of No Spoilers for Old Men. My name is Josh Cummins. My name is Nat Khan. And today is a very special episode, but before we get into our number one of our top five horror movie lists, Nad, what are you wearing? What What do you mean? I know the, I know the viewers can't see, but... Oh my god, dude! <laughs> what anyway, am what am I wearing? What am I wearing? <laughs> You're wearing a glow in the dark <laughs> new Newcastle <laughs> goalkeeper shirt. It's not. It's not meant to be glow in the dark, but it's just very bright. Right. Okay. It's like a high <laughs> high vis, just in case you couldn't see me. Oh, I can see you clearly, mate. Trust I reckon me. it's so bright that the listeners could actually see me through their ears. I think. I think. Wait, I'm just getting some. <laughs> Yep, they say they can see her, yep. <laughs> How have you been, dude? Yeah, not bad, man. What have you been doing? Um, I've got a, I've got a new hobby. Oh, yeah? Uh-oh. Yeah. What's this? It's just like arguing with Lars von Trier fans on uh, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I see this. You just love a good argument, dude. You love going on Facebook and going on film <laughs> Facebook posts and just being like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> no, nah, look. I'm, we're in this group called um, Strange Movies or something. I don't know. It's just a random film group. And there's loads of film fans in there. And then they post a film and they're like, oh, have you seen this one? This one's good. And they posted Melancholia. And I was like, nah, I'm not having it. So I just commented saying like, this is one of the worst movies ever made. Because <laughs> everyone was like, this is cool. Like this movie's so... I was like, nah, not having it. And then this guy replied and he was like, sarcastically like oh yeah sure worse than sharknado 5 and dirty dancing or something i don't know whatever i was like that's a bit harsh dirty dancing but okay dirty dancing's uh, a classic and then he was like just being sarky maybe he wasn't i don't know but i just like replied and i was just like nah like Lars von Trier's a dick <laughs> <laughs> i just don't <laughs> like i don't like i think he's pretentious and i think people like get sucked in and they're like oh he's sick god you know but if you it's, watch his movies are boring it's just people i think it's people that like they see a different movie that's supposed to be artsy and creative but they don't really know much about like the director's personal life like you've told me about this lars von Trag guy and i don't like him based off what you've told me well because he's just like i don't know like he said he made that nutty joke. I don't know. He's just like yeah. a bit of a dick, and like it's not that even. It's just his. I've watched his films, like even the house that Jack built, and I think it's like Antichrist. And I was just like, mate, he just doesn't respect his viewers. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Mm. But you love but, going on Facebook to <laughs> to express your opinion and I don't respect. <laughs> I probably should respect other people more. <laughs> <laughs> nah, look, whatever. If you like him, you like him. I don't like him. That's that. Fair enough. Now you've expressed your opinion. <laughs> and that's my life that. right now. <laughs> um, all right. Should we get into the certified guest straight away, dude? Let's do it. Who's all going right, first? Go. Certified. 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 Certified guest. Uh, I'll go first. Go. Okay. Any time today, son. Any time today. All right. Yep. Cool. This movie takes pages from two of our favorite subgenres, The Haunted House and The Exorcism and combines them to great effect to tell a purportedly true tale of real-life terror. Hereditary? No, dude. The Conjuring. <sighs> you you rushed into that? Yeah, dude, you I did. didn't think you about it. making it really easy for me. No. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Fuck. Abusers keep their victims under their thumbs, even when they're absent. That's plenty shocking on its own, 
And now is just the right time to be telling this story, this way, as a piece of effective entertainment with a core of instinctual horror. Whoa, I'm stuck. Say it one more time. Abusers keep their victims under their thumbs, even when they're absent. That's plenty shocking on its own. And now is just the right time to be telling this story, this way, as a piece of effective entertainment with a core of instinctual horror. I'm going to go saw. Nah, sorry, man. What is it? The Invisible Man. Oh, jeez. I didn't know you'd seen that. Yeah. Oh, I really funny. liked it, actually. Oh. Yeah. I'll have to... Damn, I would have picked that if I'd done that. Well, like, abusers keep their victims, and their thumbs, even when they're absent. It's kind of like a clue. Oh, Invisible, get it. Absent, yeah, Invisible, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you said absinthe. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, that was... <laughs> That went well, didn't it? <laughs> Two wrong answers. God, it's such good film podcast. I hope, I hope someone else out there got them because they're <laughs> shite. All right, let's get into this episode. This is it. This is the. This is oh, the. This is it. This is it. Do you know what the? I don't think you even know what the number one pod. The number one movie is do you <laughs> the number one podcast I was yeah, say podcast. Podcast yeah all right well. i messed up the joke all right okay um, the number one movie now what is it josh <laughs> i don't know what it is i haven't been researching it or anything <laughs> this number one movie for our top five horror movie list <laughs> it's a darkly funny oh, extremely <laughs> meta horror and a 90s time capsule that never gets old ladies and gentlemen it's scream shit yes not to hang up on me. What do you want? To talk. Well, dial someone else, okay? Listen, asshole! No, you listen, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? <laughs> just like Nad's scream just then. Just as scary. Yeah. Um, Boy, this this movie it's uh it was directed by Wes Craven in 1996. Uh you know God, Wes Craven. I'm old. God. Well, You're old? Yeah. yeah, you were like 30. <laughs> um Wes Craven directed movies such as The Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes and the popular Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Um this movie stars Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, Skeet Ulrich, Rose McGowan, David Arquette, Matthew Lillard and of course Drew Barrymore. Yes. For a good 10 minutes. For a good 12, actually. 12, sorry. Um, Nat, I've got one question. Do you like scary movies? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not my favorite things. You know, I haven't just done a whole series on scary <laughs> movies recently. Uh, maybe I should have picked someone else to do Month of Spooky. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, this is a bloody great film. And it was, it was interesting because it was hard to really pick number one um it was we, hard to we, pick anything really we, it was we went back and forth we had a we had a few options and we'll discuss those options towards the end maybe um just a little bit about this movie uh the little town of woodsboro woke up scream woke up screaming uh, a killer is on the loose and has seen one too many scary movies nobody is safe and everyone is a suspect so basically uh, a year after the murder of her mother a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Do you remember watching this movie, Ned, for the first time? For the first time, yeah. I would have been about, oh God, how old was I? Early teens, like 13 maybe, mm-hmm. maybe 12. And I was at my cousin's house. Shout out to Emmy. She listens to this podcast a lot at work, I think. Hello, Emmy um yeah we she used to like have a room in the attic and i watched a couple of scary movies there. ironically i think both wes craven movies it was like nightmare on Elm street and mm-hmm. scream and scream i vividly remember watching because you know it was one of those big movies um that you'd kind of that we'd all heard about and we'll talk about this later but the cultural impact back in the 90s was like significant and it was kind of that ghost face mask was always ingrained in my head. And then when I finally saw it, I was like, fuck, like Mm. it really, really shit me up. 
and especially in this attic in this four-story house or whatever i was just like Ugh. um but yeah yeah that's when i remember it. and i remember the twist and everything and i was like whoa this is weird this is fucked but i didn't mm. understanding understand it like i do now so it was a very different experience it was purely a horror film to me you know that's what it was like it was like for me uh i guess growing up the the image of ghost face it was just like last episode when i was talking about when i thought of horror i thought of here's johnny yes so that had a horror impact on me but the ghost face as well was also the image of horror and i remember watching it when i was i think i was a bit late to the party i think i was 15 or 16 and i was in high school Mm -hmm. uh they gave us laptops in high school which was probably a big mistake from the the school um i just spent a lot of time in class watching movies in the back of the classroom and i yeah no that's where i it's where i became a film lover to be honest um so instead of focusing on uh trigonometry or clouds or science or history i don't know clouds. um i think we had one lesson learning about clouds um anyway we, <laughs> what i watched <laughs> what school did you go to <laughs> um i watched scream instead and yeah. i just remember sitting in class and being scared and being like holy shit and so ingrained into it um and I loved it. I even loved the sequels. We'll talk about the sequels as well later. But um, what about that opening scene, though? You gotta, we gotta dude, just dive the, into that because iconic, mate. Drew Barrymore. Um, so Drew Barrymore was ET. So, well, in ET, not it, she wasn't. She was. That's not right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Drew Barrymore was supposed to play Sydney Prescott, the main character, oh, really? and. Uh, rumored she uh, denied the role and chose to play uh, Casey Becker, the girl the who died at the beginning of the movie, purely Spoiler. because spoilers, yeah, purely because um, she didn't want she wanted because I think at the time she was a big movie star and she wanted the audience to watch the movie and think, oh, she's not going to die because she's a big movie star, but shocks the audience that she dies in the first twelve minutes. Yeah, well, that's good. I, it's not good, but it's clever. And mm. yeah, she was kind of like on the on the rise as like a film star, wasn't she? So it's kind of weird that she chose rather than be the main lead actress to be like someone who gets killed off. It's clever, like, and it's it all ties in with, I guess, the kind of um, satirical nature of of Scream in the movie but yeah that opening scene uh we'll talk about that stuff in a bit but that opening scene i vividly remember because it's kind of ramps up the terror like really fast mm -hmm. and you've got like does she is she making popcorn as well and it's like it's iconic the popcorn the popping and the the smoke in the house and the she's on the phone and the boyfriend's outside tied in the back and it's creative yeah and obviously yeah and that i remember the window when she's at the patio window, like that really fucked me up because it's all dark outside and you can't see what's happening. And the lights come on and you just see him tied up Whoa. and he's bloodied. And yep. And yeah, the, when was... you see Ghostface in the window and it's the high pitched sound like Psycho, it's like, Ding! oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so that whole first 12 minutes really set the tone for the rest of the film. And the phone call, especially. And the phone call is iconic. And it just showed that Scream wasn't playing by the rules whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And like him asking her, you know, what's your favorite scary movie? And like, that's an iconic line in, in, in movie history now. That's it. Yeah. And it showed that it was like, it's like a self-aware horror. Like, it's not like, it's not just your average slasher. And that's why this is one of the reasons why we've picked it for number one, you know? It's, um, it's, it completely changed the horror genre. And I think that they, they're mentioning other real life horror movies put, made it a, a little more realistic. In the yeah, world. the characters so. being aware of like actual horror movies and mm -hmm. talking about them and their tropes and stuff. But yeah, apparently, I mean, we weren't obviously aware of it at the time because we were quite young, but it changed the horror genre or it, it revived the horror genre because it was kind of in decline. Apparently it was. Apparently it was on the downfall. Um, we were not really alive to see that. Well, I was alive. Were you? I wasn't. In 1996. Oh, I was one. <laughs> was I alive? I was four. That's weird. Wow, you're old. Mate, the wiser. 
the wiser one of the podcast. Wouldn't, wouldn't say that. <laughs> Look, you've had your fun now, so I think you better just leave or else. Or else what? Or else my boyfriend will be here any second and he'll be pissed when he finds out. I thought you didn't have a boyfriend. I lied. I do have a boyfriend and he'll be here any second, so your ass better be clean. Sure. Going back to like first experiences of like Scream and stuff like that, like this is probably more in the late 90s when I was growing up. Um, I remember Halloween as in the occasion, not the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Every year, every kid at school, this is like primary school into, I would say more primary school than secondary school. Um, Every kid wanted to wear ghost face. Like the mask. So do, do you think they watch the movie or do you think they just know the mask and know that it's Well, scary? I didn't watch the movie and I remember wanting the mask. So I think okay. it was so culturally, the impact was so cultural like that. Actually, people... now that I think about it, I was the same way when I was about six. Yeah. I remember wanting the mask, but never knowing what it was actually from. I just knew it was from a scary movie. That's so, that just shows how like, you know, iconic and important mm. it was, I guess. Like also quite creepy that like we were so young but didn't really understand it, but wanted to be involved yeah. with that whole thing, which is just yeah. like, what? But I guess it was just the popularity of it. Like everyone at school was like, every cool kid had the real mask. And I remember, I'm pretty sure I couldn't get the real mask. And I bought like, it, back home, it's like called the Pound Poundland, which is like the dollar store over here. <laughs> and I went to the dollar store essentially, and I bought a knockoff screen mask. And it was this shitty... <laughs> scream mask and i wore it and everyone was like who's that meant to be <laughs> i'm like it's scream leave me alone and then when i think about it now it was actually more like what the ghost face mask was based on which is the, the painting the scream by mm. edvard munch which was like a 1893 i think it was he painted this painting and that's what the mask was based off which Same. is fucking mad the influence of some things is just, it's, it's mind blowing. Um, was your, did it look like, you know, the ghost face mask from scary movie with the tongue out and it's like, yeah, no, it wasn't. That <laughs> I would have loved that. That would have been great. It wasn't even that good. <laughs> it was like so bad, but like, oh, I wish you kept it. Yeah, I know. I can, I can actually vividly remember what it would look like as well. And yeah, I couldn't, I, it's not, I couldn't afford it. I just couldn't find the actual, I don't think my mom would actually let me get the real one. And I think that was another thing. Like parents were scared that their kids were going to, you know, like find the movie, you know what I mean? Like watch the yeah. movie or, cause it was back then, you know, like kids didn't watch shit like that. They didn't have access to we it. We didn't have they, access like, to it. Yeah. yeah. But Dude, I remember I remember watching it and feeling scared, but obviously when we watch it now, we're not as scared because we know what happens and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But when I grow up or when I have kids, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my kids watch them when they're like six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. You're gonna be a great parent. I'm gonna be that cool dad, dude. <laughs> so to, on tonight's um, film club, kids, uh, Serbian film. We're watching uh, followed Serbian by film. Train to Busan. <laughs> uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and um, we'll just finish off with some screen and you know sweet dreams guys Don't I'll let throw in I'll, I'll throw in Wes Craven's um, some uh, adult films in there as well <laughs> so what Josh is referring to you're going to be the worst fucking parent <laughs> you're going to be like the most hip but also the worst like your kids are going to be so fucked um, Wes Craven was actually a porn director before he became a horror movie director how random and he had an undisclosed um, involvement with the film Deep Throat, which was one of the most iconic, f- you know, porn movies of its time. If you're looking to watch that, just private message me on Instagram. I'll put the link for you. Um. <laughs> Christ, the desperation. Um, so, yeah, that's a little fun fact. One of Josh's fun facts for you. Um, but Wes Craven, let's talk about Wes Craven. So he had um, success with... A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the movies that you previously mentioned as well. But he kind of ran A Nightmare on Elm Street into the ground because it became a parody of itself. <clears throat> he made it clever. He made it satire. But then he kind of went, oh, like, what do I do now? And then he just hits everyone with Scream and you're just like, whoa, okay. 
Yeah, I think I think a Nightmare on Elm Street was up there with like Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth. I think those three movies franchises and uh, the villains in those movies were all on the same level at one point or another. Mm. Uh, Friday, yeah. People might be wondering just before you go on why we haven't included those movies in the top five. Well, that's we were we were going to discuss that, weren't we, towards the end? Yes, but we can. We can. We can discuss it now if you want. Well, I think just like. Should we say? Should we say? At first, it was Halloween. Halloween was well. It be was, one. yeah. And we <clears throat> we debated this a lot, and Halloween was like the one. But then we just thought about like impact, cultural impact, like cleverness in terms of the the, the meta stuff, you know, which mm. is stuff that we're going to talk about, and a lot of other factors came into it. And they're great movies. Don't get me wrong, like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, all your classic horrors, you know. But they just didn't have, especially from our perspective, growing up in the 90s, you know, it's got to relate to what we, what impacted us. And we weren't around for those other movies, but we were definitely around for Scream and the cultural impact. And we're definitely aware of the impact of how Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th were. I remember growing up and I remember watching Friday the 13th and how amazing it was. Um but we, when Nat and I decided to do this top five, we were really focused on trying to spread the horror genre and picking different subgenres. So you've yeah. got like you've got the gory, which is Saw. Um, you've got the realistic, which is the Strangers. Yeah. You've got a exorcism, spiritual cult one like Hereditary, and you got the subtle horror like The Shining, and now you've got the slash Scream. How do you gut someone? You take a knife and you slit him from the groin to sternum. Hey, it's called tact, you fuckrag. Hey, Stu, didn't you used to date Casey? Yeah, for like two seconds. Before she dumped him for Steve. I thought you dumped him for me. I did, he's full of shit. So the impact of Scream to this day and age, uh, like modern horror films like Cabin in the Woods, You're Next, Drag Me to Hell, they owe much of their style and genre deconstruction to Wes Craven who unfortunately sadly passed away in 2015. Um, R.I.P. Royce. R.I.P. In Scream, fun fact, Wes Craven plays a janitor in the first movie who is purposely dressed up like Freddy Krueger. No way. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that little um, connection. Yeah. Do you know what? This is another reason why this these movies are good is because like, there's so much shit happening that you and they cross over and there's so much mm. like meta things like so you know there's horror movies within horror movies it's like you don't know what's like when you've seen like scream 2 and stuff you're like was that part of the movie or was that people watching the movie within the movie which is why scream 3 when it was a movie within a movie like there that's it, it was complicated and then Scream 3 didn't do as good as the rest of the screams obviously but why why scream 1 is especially is so good is it introduces like the idea of like characters being self-aware that they're almost like in a horror movie and that they're like trying to look at horror movies that have previously gone by to help them get out of the situation. Well, which is uh, like Randy, the character in Scream, who is a um, character in a couple of the other sequels, I think. Um, he has his own set of rules to survive a horror movie. Don't you know the rules? What rules? Do you know... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. (laughs) 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 Big no-no! Big no-no! Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. (laughs) No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh! You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. Yeah, I like his rules. Um, Although that, yeah, I don't know. It's the same pretty constrict. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene. There's a scene in Scream where Randy is in the in like Blockbuster or the video store because he works there, 
and he's talking to Stu and he's talking about how he thinks Billy is the suspect. And then Stu's like playing with him and like toying with him. And um, it's just such a, it's one of my favorite scenes actually. I'm telling you, the dad's a red herring. It's Billy. How do we know you're not the killer? Huh? Huh? Hi, Billy. Maybe your movie freaked mind lost its reality button. You ever think of that? You're absolutely right. I'm the first to admit it. If this were a scary movie, I'd be the prime suspect. That's right. And what would be your motive? It's the millennium. Motives are incidental. Um, Skeet Ulrich plays Billy and Matthew Lillard plays Stu. I love mm. Matthew Lillard, man. I, I think he's an amazing actor. You know, he played Shaggy in, um, in Scooby-Doo. Yep, yep. Classic. Um, Reggie? <laughs> oh, not Scooby, sorry. <laughs> You're a dog. Um, and I think that combination between Matthew and Skeet was so good. And I think um, I recently was uh, talking to some girls at work and they were saying how Billy and Scream is so attractive, especially when he licks the blood off his fingers. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking weird, but yeah. Yeah. It's all part of the game, Sydney. Scream was an instant hit when it came out. You know, it earned over $6 million in its opening week. And then it, in um, the second weekend, it earned over $9 million. And then in the third weekend, it, it earned over $10 million. Jesus Christ. Um, altogether, it earned $173 million worldwide box office on a budget of $14 million. Bloody hell. Think about that profit. Yeah, it changed a lot of the, 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 the horror genre. And it, it, the thing is, it had that shock horror impact. Um, but it also had the comedy aspect that was like really black comedy. So like dark. Mm-hmm. Underneath everything, there was this underlying like satire. And... It, the the great thing is it works on both levels so it works as a general standard horror movie but it also works as a horror comedy um, yeah you don't have to see it as both necessarily it, it, like when i watched it as a kid to me it was just a horror movie it didn't have that like i didn't understand satire i was too young yeah to understand what parody was and like all of that sort of stuff and mm. it does it really tastefully and i think that's why it stands the test of time because it doesn't do it in a cheesy way well i'm glad i'm glad watching it as a kid or as a young teenager it was scary for us and then watching it now we can see the funny side of it but it's still scary i think that's what makes it so popular now well 100 that's why it's iconic and it stands the test of time you know there's a lot of like and the whodunit thing is always like you know it's always going to be like interesting like who who the hell is the killer and the fact that the killer isn't that's another interesting thing is that the killer ghost face is not one person like every other horror movie you know halloween michael myers you know freddy krueger jason um you know every other kind of horror famous horror character hellraiser hellraiser you know um but in scream it's who the hell is the bloody killer it could be your mom Ooh, well i don't think so um (laughs) (laughs) no we we talked about that a few weeks ago actually when we were talking about uh horror villains yeah and we were discussing it and we had we can't we said i don't think ghostface comes under that because in the movie ghostface is so many different characters so ghostface is not just one villain and at the end of the day I, if I was, if I, if it was just me and Ghostface in a house, I reckon I could win because Ghostface is the most clumsiest person <laughs> in the freaking world. The amount of times he's fallen over or gets hit with a door or. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that shows that that's why it could be anyone because he's not like a professional. Exactly. He's like just some random person who like has just put on this costume and got a knife. And he is kind of a joke, isn't he? Because he's like a slapstick character. He like kind of wobbles around and like slips around and like. Yeah, like they're always like jamming him in a door. Like that's always <laughs> something that happens in a screen movie. It's like they just like jam him in a door. And he's like, ah, and he like drops his knife and they just which, get away. Which shows the realistic side of it again. Yeah. Which shows the scariness of it because it's realistic. Yeah. Um, 
But no, I love the whodunit side of it. I love the um, anyone's a suspect and the suspect changes a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I remember watching the first time and thinking, David Arquette, the cop, he's yep. the killer because he rocks up at one point out of the blue with the with the mask in hand and I'm like, there's no way it's him. <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. But Billy and Stu, they predominantly were the obvious ones after watching it. Yeah. Um, but then at one point it was it was Sydney's dad who they thought was the killer and yeah man oh, I loved I loved changes so I love that I love that and it still does that going to the sequel you know Sydney's boyfriend in the sequel was thought to be it um and then it ended up being Billy's mom <laughs> yeah I know that's what I mean it could be your mom I was I wasn't joking <laughs> see One of the other things as well about that character, back to kind of like Ghostface, is that his voice, like the sinister voice changer, like that really changed things as well because obviously you've got like someone like Freddy Krueger who has kind of a memorable voice, I guess, but it's not about his voice. It's about his claw hand, you know, that thing that he wears on his, the claw thing on his hand. Mm. It's about his like, burnt face and he's got like that Dennis the Menace kind of like you know stripey jumper and the hat whereas with Ghostface it was about the mask but it was also about the The voice the voice was like the most interesting and like it's interesting to think now that like you could have that happen but it's less likely because what we use instant messenger now so like you know back back then it was like everyone had a phone like a landline yeah and someone calling your landline and you know pranking you was like a big thing um whereas now that's really uncommon and like in a way scream wouldn't be the same today um if it was released because you know it's like what do you do like you can't you could send a voice messenger on i instant message i guess which could be a, scary but a lot of people when they get phone calls and they, it comes up with a random number or no call yeah, ID, or they no, don't yeah. answer it you know true, true. um so with the landline, you you answer it back in the day. I remember yeah, you um, don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember living up in Cairns when I was how old would I have been? I would have been fourteen or fifteen before I watched Scream. And mum and dad yep. went out for dinner, and it was me, and my little brother, and the phone rang, and it was on a landline, and I answered it. And um, some kids were pranking us, saying, "Oh, I see you through the window," and it was like a scary voice as well. It was scary, dude. Like, it was the first time I've actually properly been pranked like that. But they kept calling and calling and calling, which oh made it even God. worse. And then I watched Scream and I'm like, oh, my God, that could have happened to me. Well, um, yeah, it's it's quite real. There's a realism to it, isn't there? Mm, yeah. Um, and I and personally, I really hate Knives. And that really, like... <laughs> <laughs> like don't, watch, <laughs> don't watch Knives out then, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I hate, like... Like stabbing is like probably the worst kind of what death. death like in terms of death, like that is the worst. For I feel me. like I feel like I can avoid a stabbing. You grab the hand or you grab the arm. <laughs> All right, then you... let's see how you go. All right, I'll I'll <laughs> try and stab you with a knife, and you try and stop me. <laughs> that is the most confident bit. You've just set yourself up to be murdered. I'm just confident when it comes to that. I feel like I can get myself out of a situation. All right, okay, like well, all right, that's you. A uh, gun, but- a, a gun. On the other hand, nah, I can't catch a bullet. Yeah, but <laughs> well, speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> um, it's the stabby nature of like, I don't know. It, like, I've got to say, I watched a few of the Scream movies recently, like in order, and I had real bad stabby nightmares. Oh, okay. Like really bad, like just like horrible, yeah stabbings and ugh, a lot of blood a lot of gore and i don't know there's something about it that like yeah it makes me more scared than if it was like a gun and look you gotta you gotta also talk about the fact that this movie was very controversial in the sense that it apparently inspired a lot of copycat killings you know my belief of movies and inspiration of like murders and stuff is that that person obviously has something going on where you know, they're more likely to commit things than the average person. Because, like, we all watch horror movies, but we don't necessarily go out and kill someone, you know? So I yeah. think, uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because it's kind of not that relevant. But it is interesting to know that, like, this spawned, like, at least three or four. 
um, murders that were directly related in terms of like they went out and bought the costumes and they used the, the voice changer. So, you know, it has a real world kind of effect as well, um, which makes it even more terrifying. Mm. Um, whether that's necessarily linked or not is a different different thing altogether. But I just want to say I I watch a lot of horror movies with a lot of blood and gore and I and I and you were a sick bastard. And I play Call of Duty, which shoots people. And I don't go around killing people. I'm like the least violent person you can meet. So it's definitely... Yeah, you could literally not hurt a fly. Like, I... you are so weak. Uh, and excuse me. <laughs> I, I, I can stop someone with a knife. You but... haven't... Hang on. <laughs> Has this situation actually happened? Or are you it just happened thinking? one time. I, so Did it? I, it? No. Exactly. <laughs> it ghost face come and try and kill you i'm just if it's ghost face i feel like i could win if it's bloody mike myers nah true yeah okay mike myers my, mike myers as in like mike myers michael from austin, from austin powers sorry i meant michael myers yeah baby <laughs> do i make you horny <laughs> mike myers coming after me with like a knife on halloween Dressed in his little, like, you know, Union Jack get up and his frilly collar. You were talking about how um, it inspired copycat killers. Well, Scream was actually inspired by um, an actual murder. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a convicted serial killer, Danny Rowling, aka the Gainesville Ripper. Uh, in August in August 1990, Rowling embarked on a murder spree in Gainesville, Florida, where he killed five university students after sneaking into their respective apartments, not unlike the way Ghostface terrorizes Sydney during her first altercation with him in her home. Um, That's literally like what that is because they're on a campus, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And scream. And it's all about like teens who are like studying. And are they studying horror as well? Uh, I know Randy. Randy He's is studying, studying movies. He's movies, studying movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what Sydney's studying actually. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, she's just studying keeping alive. I think. <laughs> Poor Sydney. I'm I'm googling it right now. Sydney, Sydney Prescott, Prescott as well as a character as a, a, a protagonist. Oh, she's majoring in acting in. Scream oh, really? 3. There you go. In Scream Three. Yeah, I love that. Like Sydney Prescott is essentially the new Jamie Lee Curtis. You mm. know what I mean? Like she's like the the heroine kind of character who is a great strong female lead, you know? Like, yeah, her name's uh Neve Campbell. Neve Campbell, yeah. Yeah. Um I really I think I think she's amazing. I, I I think I think I had a bit of a crush on her growing up. Of course. Um, of course. This is like obviously I mean we could talk about the franchise as well. Like Scream Two for me, I I think I in, I like Scream 2 better just because I remember watching that and there's a few scenes in there that really got me. And the scene that I remember vividly was when they're in... Is it either like a recording studio or something? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Like a like a lecture room? Yeah, it's some sort of room, but there's like a mirror. Uh, sorry, there's a, a glass pane. Yeah. And he's behind the glass and like... There's something about that being separated by just glass oh yeah and he's like throwing the chair at the window but it's yeah not breaking, and she's yeah. just like oh my god like I'm, what do i do like yeah and yeah that really freaked me out and you like, know what else made me think it was david arquette was that he's getting pushed up against the window and he's getting stabbed yes but he survives it yeah he survives a lot of survivors in this movie yeah like so not everyone gets killed all mm, the time <laughs> so there's a scene in scream three uh where they're obviously making a movie stab um, and one of the actors runs away from Ghostface and is in this room where there's like a bunch of Ghostface costumes. Oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And she's like in the middle of them all, and then in the background you see like the feet go down, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Which one is he? And then he mm. comes out, and then yeah, and that that's like again like that meta thing of like doing a movie about your movie within. <laughs> Within like what it's movie reception right and it's like what the hell and but like wes craven's so clever that he kind of like it's it's a it's a, a narrative about like horror movies and about his own horror movie and he's parodying himself mm. which is what makes this so different to all the other slashers you know and 
think about all the slasher movies that came after as well. You know, you've got like, um, even the the shit ones that are like straight to DVD, like Valentine. Well, all the, all those are kind of in, obviously inspired by Scream, but I mean the ones I mentioned earlier, like uh, like Cabin in the Woods. Yes, kind of brought a, brought about that that self aware thing. Self aware, yeah. funny, not so serious, but at the same time very scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. and Cabin in the Woods is very well done. I'm very like well, I think we discussed about that being in the yeah. top five, but it wasn't. No, nah, it wasn't going to be. Has there been a, a more iconic character, like horror villain, than Ghostface in the last kind of like 20, 30 we years? We talked about that, and I guess Jigsaw. Jigsaw, yeah, yeah. But I, I can't think of anyone. Can you think of anyone? I can't think nah. of anyone. Like all the other movie franchises, there's not like one villain. Like The Conjuring, Insidious, mm. um, like uh, Sinister didn't really pull it off because the second one was shit um the strangers didn't really have that one it was a multiple but yeah there's very few of the last if you think about how like all of those classic horror villains you know came after like dracula frankenstein all of those characters were kind of like made in movies in a specific era mm. and then like you know unite my arms shooting all all in the 80s and then from the 90s till now, 30 fucking, you know, three decades, 30 years. Yeah, I'd go to the 2000s till now. Well, yeah, like 2000s um, till now. Like, I mean, so we're, we're kind of due for a new set of horror villains, aren't we? Yeah, who's going to be the next? I mean, but it's just like, I don't know. Is it harder to make iconic villains now? Is it? I think people, I think so many people are trying, but they're trying too hard. Yeah. And it shows. And it's like, you can't, that's having that iconic villain or that iconic character is not something you can try and make. It's just something that happens. You just have to make it and not with the purpose of trying to make it big. You've just got to, it's just got to happen, you know? Yeah. Right place, right time kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So like, yeah, Ghostface, in theory, if you actually put him out in like, if you were in a meeting and like, you were like pitching Ghostface, he actually sounds like a bit of a shit villain. Because yeah. like he's got like a stupid rubber mask that's like looks like the scream. Uh, his voice is his voice is from a, a little uh, voice changer thing. Yeah, like it's kind of a bit like corny when you put mm. it into context. But like the way he it hit at a certain time and like the way that he did it was so like spot on. Mm. Let's just uh, imagine pitching that, being like, we have this guy. He has a rubber mask. Um, it's inspired by Scream from 1892. Um, <laughs> his voice changes when he holds a voice changer to his fo- to his mouth. Oh, and he trips over every five seconds. <laughs> and he also like asks you what your favorite scary movie is. <laughs> He'd be like, no, that's shit, mate. And he stabs people, but they survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can stop him with a door. Yeah. A really heavy door. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it sounds stupid, but like that's it, and it like that's it. You don't have to think about it too much. It's kind of a mindless character, but horror. And serial killers, you know, like aren't necessarily always these really clever people. Like they, they could be someone who is just trying to be good. Mm. <laughs> I know, yeah. Which is what Scream is. Like he's trying to be this great serial killer, but he, he isn't one person because he can't be because they're not that good. They have to use multiple people. What if they put Michael Myers in a Scream mask and they oh, combine him like Michael Myers versus Ghostface? Oh no! No, please, oh no! We already had Freddy versus Jason. I was going to say we don't need that. We no. don't need that. Alien versus Predator. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no more versus Kubrick versus King. If you can get them back, if you can get Kubrick back from the dead and put him up against in a boxing ring, honestly, I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd watch that. All right, we got some facts for you, mate. Come on then. The film's iconic mask was found during a location scout. Oh. The killer's new iconic mask was a simple off-the-shelf Halloween mask. Craven and a producer found it at a house they were location scouting. What? Yeah. So they didn't design the mask? Obviously not. That's the same as Halloween, though, you know? With, um... Well, they designed it. They designed it based on a uh, Captain Kirk mask here. Which is like... That's really interesting because I thought they would have like really designed like the ghost face, like being about the scream, the movie's called Scream. 
Mm, that's really interesting. There you go. Uh, the voice behind the killer is veteran voice actor Roger L. Jackson. Do you okay. know who Roger L. Jackson is? Roger L. Jackson. I've heard the name. So his credits include the role of Mojo Jojo from the Powerpuff Girls. Mojo Jojo. Well, that makes him slightly less scary. <laughs> it's really, yeah. They need to refresh the genre again. Like, they really need to do it. Like, Well, we've got the uh, we've got uh, the fifth sequel. Oh, we have. Yeah, let's talk about that. So yeah, the trailer's come out recently. Uh, you and I were pretty excited about it. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. Scream 4, I was not the biggest fan of, story-wise. Yeah. I thought having uh, Sydney's cousin who was jealous and ended up being the killer. I didn't like that. I thought that was just too... Unfor- and it was that was directed by Wes Craven too. Oh, really? Um, there was, yeah. Uh, but watching the fifth, watching this trailer for the fifth movie, I'm really excited, dude. It looks really good, actually. I thought I they'd just do it to death, but like sometimes if they do it, like the Halloween, the new Halloween movies, mm. like, well, the first one, at least in 2018, like that showed that you could actually refresh a franchise if you do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of slick and different and updated. <clears throat> and I reckon Scream could do that potentially um, if this is any good, you know. Um, we're yet to see that, but... Uh, Nah, yeah. Uh, look, it's iconic. It's a huge franchise. The first movie changed, you know, how we look at horror and that self-aware nature was just really interesting to see. If you think about it, Halloween and Scream are very similar. You know, the first movie Halloween did with Jamie Lee Curtis uh, changed horror back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Scream, that first movie with uh, Neve Campbell, changed horror yeah. as well. Uh, and ironically, Halloween is coming out with have come out with another three movies, yeah. um, with the with their second of the the recent trilogy coming out yeah. later, later this year, and now Scream is also doing another trilogy. They've got the fifth and sixth movie coming out. So it's got to show that they like can remain successful. I just hope that they do well. I think I enjoyed the Halloween, yeah, the recent Halloween movie that came out. We watched it together recently. I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, I just hope that Scream can do it well and that after this, it's done. No more. Yeah. Stop it. Let's cry, try and come up with something else. Yeah. Someone needs to come out with, and this is the point in it. Like we can do these top five lists, you know, till the bloody cows come home. But like, this is like, you know, like just rehashing movies over and over. Even Hereditary, which is a great movie. It's a rehash of a lot of different classic movies. You know, mm. there's a lot of other movies in there and The Exorcist was one of them that was bandied around. And, you know, all of these movies, there just needs to be something fresh, something new. Get Out was definitely one of them. But there's um, no villain in but it. But there's no like... iconic villain in there, you know? Like, yeah, somebody needs to create a new antagonist, you know, like a new horror antagonist and, like, make him. Maybe it'll be us. Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe it will. Yeah. Well, are we writing could, a movie? What? Yeah, you could be one. I could me. You could be the villain. I play I'm pretty good. Scared of you. Um, the original title of Scream was supposed to be Scary Movie. Ironic because Scary Movie Three. Well, not three. All scary movies. <laughs> scary movie three. <laughs> all scary, scary movies have related to Scream. Yeah, and oh. scary movie. Look, like when you were growing up, it was like a jokey, funny movie. Like now, you watch it, you're like, oh god, that's so bad. Oh, I, 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 I don't think I could watch it. No, it's no. it's really bad. And that the, that I, sort of comedy is I'm kind of grown up. Well, now. what was stupid about it is that like it parodied Scream, but Scream was already a parody of slasher movies, mm. so he beat you to it. Like, you're trying to be funny about Scream, but Scream was already kind of funny. It's just a stupid money-making movie. Like, Well, it spawned all them shitty, like, other ones. Epic like movie, disaster, disaster movie. movie. Uh, yeah, I know. Bro. Stop making them as well. Stop yeah, it. They have, actually, I think. Thank God. Certified. 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 Certified guest. So, this director has fashioned a modern classic here. A chilly intelligent emotional ghost story that relies not on the obligatory gore and knife play for its many shocks 
but on the glimpses of an afterlife that's anything but angels and harps. Hereditary? No. What you can't it? say the same one to that. I was <laughs> The Sixth Sense. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like a ghost story, yeah. Like, mm, whatever. It's a modern classic. Here we go, ready? Yep. I have no doubt that this movie will continue to hold its coverted place in horror history with a mix of originality and camp. Coming from a genuine fear, it's a film that can't be replicated. Scream? No, not Mary Elm Street. Oh! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the score is still 8-6. Josh is in the lead. <laughs> oh, so close. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> Look, that... Oh, I wish I had like a thought about it a bit more when he said camp. I was like, fuck. Mm. Oh, all good. All right, so that was our number one, our number uno duno on our uh, top five horror duno. movie list. <laughs> nice. Um, Isn't we've that got my a... line? Then yeah, probably, yeah. You want to say it? <laughs> no, you've done it now. Sorry. <laughs> um, we Numero have... uno wow. duno. Oh, <laughs> God. We have a bit of a, an announcement to make. Uh, we will be, for the next two months, probably until January. We'll be uploading every two weeks now, uh, once a fortnight. Sorry, guys. You don't get to hear our wonderful voices every single week. Yeah, this is purely just because uh, I'm moving back down to Melbourne and uh, Nan and I have just had a look at our future schedules for the next two two months and we're going to be a bit busy. So we'll be busy, busy, busy. So we'll be posting uh, once a fortnight uh, and then maybe probably when we hit January, we can probably do once a week. There we go. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Also, we want to get some, um, we're going to get some guests on, which will be interesting and fun just here, you know, like people who we know who are interested in film and they just want to chat shit with us and yeah, have a, have a laugh and, you know, find some interesting things out. Yep. If you're in Melbourne and you, and you listen to the podcast and you want to think you can provide some good insight and want to be a guest on our show, just send us a message. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we we hope you all enjoyed this month of spooky. Nat, I really did. Thank you for joining me with that. I can't believe it's over. I know. It's kind of sad. It's gone by pretty quickly, didn't it? I know. Kind of enjoyed it. But um, yeah, get a watch of all those movies that we've mentioned and, um, you know, hopefully you enjoy them. Um, And if you have your top five and you want to tell us, maybe comment on the Instagram post or give us a message and we'll have a little look and, We'll argue with you about it. Definitely. All right. (laughs) We'll see you guys in two weeks. See ya. Bye. Do you like scary movies? (laughs) Never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? It's a death wish. You might as well just come out here to investigate a strange noise or something.